Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Friday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Now, coming up in just a minute, I want you all to imagine... And then nothing. That's right. No traffic, no cars, no buses, maybe some scooters, I don't know, on a three-mile stretch of Peachtree Street. Well, there's legislation before the Atlanta City Council could make that a reality every Sunday afternoon. And it would bring back part of Atlanta Street's Alive initiative. And we'll tell you all about that as Councilmember Amir Faroki shares those details. And he'll talk about his idea for a nightmare. And we open up the Closer Look Kids Vault. Have you met Mother Nature? No! <laughs> Is she cool? Yes! Think she'll like me? Yes! Think she'll like my new uh, boots here? Yes! Is she ready for Creek Stomping? Yes! Can I get my shoes? Yes, you can get your boots on. Gotta love kids. All that's just ahead. But first, this the DeKalb County Board of Health is partnering with multiple nonprofits to offer a COVID 19 vaccination event geared towards Georgia's Spanish speaking population. Now, vaccinations will be available from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Marta Doraville train station and a $100 incentive for the first 500 people to get the shot. Now, this is going to take place tomorrow. Don't show up today. But according to census data, more than 55% of Doraville identifies as Hispanic or Latino. And DeKalb health officials say 44% of Hispanic residents have at least one shot. That's more than 10% less than the state as a whole. And Doraville Mayor Joseph Geierman says language barriers should not determine who gets a vaccine. And remember now, that's tomorrow from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Marta Doraville train station. In other news, about 6,800 Georgians filed first-time unemployment claims last week. That's 500 more than the week before. Nationally, there were 293,000 initial claims, and that marked the lowest level since March 14th of last year, which was at the start of the pandemic. Georgia's unemployment rate continues to be below the national average. But let's talk about some sports. How about that? Finally, first, the Atlanta Braves will play for another National League Championship Series Championship against the L.A. Dodgers tomorrow night. You might remember last year they lost in Game 7. We're all sad. Well, first pitch is tomorrow at 8.07 in Truist Park. Game 2 will be played Sunday in Atlanta with Games 3 and 4 scheduled for Tuesday and Wednesday in L.A. And it's a big weekend for the Georgia Bulldogs. I know that Reggie Hicks will be happy about that. It's homecoming also in Athens. Game day, SEC Nation will be hosting their show live from there. And it's expected to be another sold-out Sanford Stadium. Now, Georgia has been a good team. I'll admit that. The defense is pretty good, just giving up 33 points in six games. That's, that's pretty good. And that includes three ranked teams. But Kentucky 
Jim Burris will be rooting for them, has one of the top defenses in the country, too. The Wildcats have yet to allow anyone to hit 175 rushing yards. Well, guess what? The Bulldogs average 200 yards a game. Both teams are undefeated, which means someone's going to lose. Kickoff is at 3.30. And see, we bring this to you every day. Coming up in just a minute, Atlanta City Council Member Amir Faroki joins me. But before all of that, you know what it is. It's 90.1 WABE. I'm Rose Scott, and it is Friday. Thank you for joining us because we're in important moments for WABE. It's the fundraiser. You may be asking, why does WABE fundraise this way? Well, here's why. A member drive like this, it's the most effective and efficient way to get the funds we need to pay for the programs you value, like Closer Look. Like City Lights with Lois, I call her Low, and H. Johnson, I call him Mr. H. Well, understand this. We get very little federal funding, about 10%, and no funding from the state of Georgia. So donations from Metro Atlanta, from listeners like you, really, really matters. So please lend a hand, 678-553-9090 or wabe.org slash donate. And I'm thrilled to be joined by our Vice President of Business Development and Planning, the most remarkable that's on her business card, Aisha Hyman. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, Rose, it is always an <laughs> honor. It's a thrill for me to be here with you. You are a, a celebrity in my eyes. Absolutely. I'm not a celebrity. A legend in our time. In my opinion, so proud to be here with you. And we're so pleased to have the support that we get from you, your, your loyal listening uh, we really do appreciate that here at WABE, not just from our regular monthly sustaining donors, but for those who are also giving right now during this campaign. And we are hearing from all over Metro Atlanta, folks from Calhoun to Carrollton to Conyers to Clarkston. Yeah. What about you? Have you represented your part of the ATL? Have you taken a moment to do something that you know you've said that you would do? You say it all the time. I'm going to give during Closer Look, but have you done it? Right now is your moment. It's very, very simple. Just stop what you're doing. Yes, stop what you're doing and make your contribution of support because it really does make a difference for us here at WABE, especially during programs that we produce right here in Atlanta, like Closer Look. And it's so easy to do. It only takes a couple minutes. Give right now at wabe.org slash donate or call in your support. We'd be thrilled to hear from you that way at 678-553-9090. And we thank you so very much. Trying new things can be scary like finally signing up for that improv class or putting spinach in your smoothie. Come on, you can do it. Well, you don't have to serve liquid vegetables to try something new. Whether you just got into public radio or you've been with us for years, listening to this station as a member is a whole new kind of listening. So don't be afraid. Here's how to donate. Don't be afraid. WABE.org slash donate or give us a call. 678-553-9090. Listening as a donor is a different kind of listening. That is pretty cool. I like that. I don't know about, you know, spinach and your smoothie and all that stuff, but giving to WABE really will make you feel connected. You know, we talk, Mm -hmm. Aisha, a lot about how the people's contributions fit into our budget. And we're going to flip this a little right now. So how about this? Okay. $10 a month. How does $10 a month fit into your budget? Well, think about a monthly video or music streaming service. Uh, it's a couple of cups of premium coffee. Premium, not that stuff that, you know. That thing that you bought on Amazon that you really don't use that much, and I have probably a box full of things that I bought 
and I don't know what they're for or why I bought them. But get this, with 84% of our funding coming from this community, your donation right now for Closer Look really will help us in our efforts to amplify the voices of Atlanta. We're going to have a conversation in a moment with Atlanta City Council Member Amir Faroqui. We had a little fun talking about traffic, but we know issues like traffic, health and wellness, workforce development, education, mobile mobility and transportation, all that is so important. Those are issues that we talk about here on Closer Look. I tell you right now, Aisha, I really believe and I'm I'm not I'm being biased. You know, I think we cover topics that some folks don't get anywhere else in this region. I really believe that. So please, go ahead. You can back that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we, you don't have to take our word for it. I mean, you know, people who, people who come to Atlanta from out of town, like friends and family, one of the things that they always say is they love our station. They love WABE. They don't have a station like WABE, perhaps, in their city or their country or wherever they're from. And they certainly don't have a program like Closer Look. So I got to back you up on that, Rose, for sure. I appreciate it. Please help us give at 678 678- Five five three ninety ninety again six seven eight five five three ninety ninety or online at wabe.org slash donate and as always thank you. My name is Brian Lipscomb and I'm from Johns Creek, Georgia. The reason I like Closer Look is Rose Scott brings the the, the community to you. It's not like a national thing. She talks about a lot of the things that's going on in Atlanta or in Georgia, uh, and it just makes you more informed. A lot of the questions I would probably want to ask her guests, she's already asking them for me, so that right there is helping bring everything together. You like Thank that music? You so much. Oh, I love the music. But what was really music to my ears, Rose, was Mr. Lipscomb's remarks. I couldn't agree with you more, sir. And I just can't stress this enough right now. Now is the time to make your contribution here to WABE. Please don't wait. You're thinking about it now. So don't wait. Do it now. We're heading into the weekend, and we know you have lots of things on your list to do. On my list, I have the Elevate Festival, the Tiny House Festival. There's all these festivals because the weather is fantastic in in the ATL right now. So with that in mind, that's your reason. That could be your extra reason to do it right now. Don't delay because you know you're going to get distracted. 678-553. 9090 is the number to call. We are certainly counting on you, Atlanta, to come through for Rose Scott and Closer Look. Make your contribution online at wabe.org slash donate. You choose the amount, but we certainly would love to receive some gifts at that cornerstone level, right, Rose? Some major gifts. Sometimes we get those at the $1,200 level, $100 a month, right? Absolutely. My name is Penny Brooks, and I live in McDonough. I listen to WABE. Because no matter what time of day or where I am, I can listen to information that is really compelling and tells a full story. And the variety of content that is played on WABE, it it keeps me coming back every day. Well, we appreciate that, Penny and McDonough. Thank you so much. You know, it only takes a minute to support WABE, and you choose the amount that's right for you. Plus, we've got ways to thank you for your kind support. Check them all out at wabe.org slash donate or when you call 678-553-9090. And thanks. 
Tens of thousands of Atlanta listeners, just like Penny and McDonough, have decided to fund WABE, which helps us amplify all of the voices of Atlanta, all the voices, especially in our program, Closer Look, because it is all about what's happening right here in our beautiful city. And the response we get is really important during these pledge drives. In past fundraisers, Ira Glass, one of our favorite uh, hosts from, from national program, This American Life, he once said, we wouldn't be asking for help if we didn't need the money. And it's certainly true. Atlanta, we are counting on you. We need you. 678-553-9090 is the number to call. Make your contribution very quickly and easily online and choose a thank you gift at wabe.org slash donate. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. continues now. This is 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's Choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. We're going to do a little radio theater now. So close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Well, not if you're driving, but close your eyes and imagine we're on Peachtree Street. Okay? On Peachtree Street, feel the sounds of the cars and the buses, probably some folks on scooters. Okay? You with me? Now imagine it's a Sunday. It's all gone. <laughs> well, no traffic on a three-mile stretch of Peachtree Street, at least. Legislation for the Atlanta City Council could make that a reality every Sunday afternoon. And it's kind of would bring back the old Atlanta Streets Alive initiative. If you don't know what that was about, we're going to find out in a moment. Because joining me with more about all of this, and he's going to share details about his idea for a night mayor, Atlanta City Council member Amir Faroki. Council member Faroki, welcome back to the program. And congratulations, you are a new papa. I am. Thank you, Rose. It's always a delight to be with you and look forward to the conversation. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Let's back up and explain a few things. I mentioned Atlanta Streets Alive. For our listeners not familiar with that concept, what was that all about? Yeah, Atlanta Streets Alive was an initiative spearheaded by the Atlanta Bicycle Coalition 11 years ago, uh, and it has moved around the city a couple times or three or four times each year, essentially closing down a street or a, or a network of streets um, to vehicle to vehicle traffic so that pedestrians, bicyclists, and others can can use the street. And in many ways, it becomes a street festival. I'll take issue with the uh, your recording uh, lead-in and that uh, when the cars go away, it's not silence. It's actually laughter uh, and conversation. And, oh, don't and critique my radio theater council member, <laughs> Farouk. It is not the time for that. <laughs> but um, it, it has been a roaring success uh, over the last decade. And um, when you look at uh, similar cities around around the world, uh, the next level of success is actually making it kind of a permanent fixture on a weekly basis on the same corridor. And so the proposal is Peachtree Street from downtown to midtown Sunday afternoons from two to six. And this is as proposed would launch 
in September of next year. Let's, I also want to get some clarity on this because I was told a long time ago by somebody who is in the Georgia G, GDOT, Department of Transportation, Peachtree Street is really, that is managed, that is not managed or quote operated by the city of Atlanta. That's uh, considered a state, not an interstate, but it's like a state roadway, right? Wrong? Uh, right and wrong. So Peachtree Street, downtown, midtown, up until 14th, 15th Street, um, is city of Atlanta control mm-hmm. the note. North of that, it becomes Peachtree Road, and that is a state route. Okay, so for our listeners, what area were you all talking about here? I know it's just a three-mile stretch. You said Atlanta Midtown, but that could be a lot. So give our folks some streets here. Yeah, the, the way to think about it is kind of Woodruff Park downtown, uh, starting a block or two from there, running all the way up Peachtree Street to uh, just past the High Museum, right around the High Museum. Someone listening says, well, Rose asked this question, what's the purpose? Why? I don't know if, if any of you have been to a Streets Alive, uh, you know uh, what a joyous day it is. And um, people are hungry. People are hungry to experience the city on foot, on bike, to be around their neighbors, to be uh, patronizing retailers along these corridors. When you're at one of these events, it's, it's in many ways, it's, it's as the city should be. Uh, it, it's full of life and love and uh, cultural expression, artistic expression. Um, people are just enjoying themselves, kids, adults, uh, the, the whole gamut. And so um, I don't think anyone can resist the appeal of it. I got an email from a guy in Jefferson, Georgia, when he saw this was introduced, saying, I want to come in three or four times a year for this because I want to experience it and I've, I've heard great things about it. So uh, I, I don't think it's a tough sell. My colleagues have, have supported it. We have six or seven folks sign on to the legislation. Uh, the next step is to identify a little funding stream at the city to pay for it for a year, and then hopefully we'll pass it in a few weeks. Let me ask you this, Councilmember Faroki, because as you know, folks depend on Peachtree Street, particularly, I believe it's the 110 bus that goes up and down, I believe. Folks got to get to work. You know that. And and public transportation is their only, is their only solely, is their solely mode of transportation. So how do you pr- propose to get around that? Yeah, that's a great question and a, a fair concern. But the luxury of Peachtree Street is, is several. So one, there's a, a north-south train line that runs right underneath it. So you can go up and down Peachtree Street on, on the MARTA train uh, beneath ground. Um, there's two parallel streets or multiple parallel streets that run alongside it. It's one one of the few parts of the city that's a grid system. So you can kind of continue to travel north-south through the same area. And you'll be able to cross Peachtree Street um, east-west at all the intersections as well. They'll just be monitored by by police. And, and this would encourage just folks to come out. You would have, it would just, wouldn't just be shut down. You'd have like festivities, vendors, what would take place here? Cause yeah, I think um, all that's on the table. We'll, we'll design it so that it's as lively and attractive as possible. Obviously um, restaurants and stores along that strip will be open and can throw up in their doors. Uh, I think we'll find ways to activate the street as we've seen through the bicycle coalition and other streets alive, uh, inviting artists and performers to, to take up uh, a spot along the route. Um, but if, you know, the, the, we've had it on Peachy Street before and attracted over 100,000 folks. Uh, it, it is really the city come alive, and uh, it's, it's something that should be a weekly occurrence here, and I, I think um, will be one of the feathers in our cap if we can get this done. Any idea how this would impact businesses that might rely on folks coming in to eat or, you know, coming in from other parts of the city? You know, they park, and, and they're just, we know Peachtree Street has some fabulous restaurants and eateries and of that next Fox theater, all that. So, you know. Yep. So again, this is Sunday from two to six. So it's not Friday night. It's not lunchtime on a Wednesday. Um, but I would be shocked if we didn't see 
uh, business go up during that time period along the corridor. There's still plenty of access to parking and parking decks in the area. Um, folks, there's tens of thousands of residents who live right on top of a Peachtree Street and adjacent blocks. Uh, so I, 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 I think the businesses will be excited and thrilled to have uh, this extra foot traffic on a Sunday afternoon. Why introduce this now when there's, let's be really clear, there's going to be a new city council, there's going to be a new administration, or does it make sense to introduce it now and possibly get it passed while you have the, the support, you know, the votes? Yeah, I mean, th that wasn't a, a factor. I think it was just, look, this is it's time to do something to bolt, do something bold with it. Uh, whether it's this council, the next council, or this mayor, the next mayor, it's still a good idea. The people still want it. And I suspect it would get support uh, in 2021 or 2022. I have a listener who wants to know, you know, would this be year round? I'm sorry, I missed the question, Rose. Oh, I have a listener who just sent me an email. I want to know, would this be year round or just do certain parts of the year? It would be year round? This is to be year-round. Uh, it's, it's scheduled. If this goes according to legislation, it would it would start next September, September 2022, to give us time to to make sure it's run really well. Um, and it would be every Sunday. There's a few exceptions. I think uh, there's, for example, Pride weekend. The parade is typically on a Sunday, so we may not do it that Sunday. Uh, there's some holidays in there that may affect things, but um, it would be almost every Sunday for a year. And logistics, though, you said from two to six. Correct. Don't you? Can you imagine that it could be some problems because then you just have to stop the flow of traffic? One might ask, but then why just make it the whole day from maybe like 9 a.m. to 6 p.m.? That way folks know because at four hours you've got to stop traffic, then folks are caught in the middle. How do you work through all that? Or have you thought about all that? Yeah, we, we, this has been done for countless events in the city before, whether it's a road race, a parade, uh, another Streets Alive. I, 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 I don't worry much about this. You know, you yeah, you don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't worry no, about look, it. The, the city is expert at this. I mean, we, we've done this multiple times for multiple events. And, you know, you can you phase it in. You set up detour signs. You make sure folks know how to, to get where they're going. And you, you, you ramp it up right before 2 p.m. And it, it works. The city is expert. They're experts at shutting down a street and then opening it back up. No problem. Well, for events. Yeah, we yes, it happens all the time. It does not happen all the time. Rose. Is it all the time? Every weekend, there's some street closure for, for some event in the city. Nearly every weekend. No, it's not. It is really? not nearly every weekend. I'm not saying Peach Street, street <laughs> itself, but we, we see events all the time around parks, for parades. We for do. We, we see streets. We see festivals. But, you know, they're not every weekend, you know. Well, they're, I will assure you that it will be done in a, in a safe and thoughtful, methodical Don't way. Don't assure me. You better ensure folks out there that are listening and folks in your district. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know why they can't get to uh, the corner bakery in Buckhead or wherever it is. I don't know. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm in a very good conversation with Atlanta City Council Member uh, Mayor Faroki, and we're talking about the, do you want to call it the Streets Alive Initiative rebirth or no no traffic on Peachtree? What do you call this? Yeah, well, let's just call it Streets Alive. I think that's a, a uh, an event name that's it's served well for the last decade. Uh, it may take on a different name as we kind of get into mm -hmm. this, but uh, everyone knows Atlanta Streets Alive, and this is to make it a, a weekly occurrence. Let me ask you this before we move on to your uh, idea to create a nightmare. How do you gauge the effectiveness, the effectiveness of something like this? Because you mentioned that in the past people loved the idea, you know, being able to come out, don't have to worry about traffic, but you, you're, you all are using that. That is the the gauge for how this could could go. Yeah, look, I think you could measure success in a number of ways. You can measure it by the number of people turn out. You can measure it by the economic impact it has. 
I mean, I, you know, this is going to sound a little hokey, but I, you know, I measure do, do people want to spend time in our city? Do residents want to come out of their condo or house and walk over their kids or bike over and experience the city in a new way um, and be close to their their fellow Atlantans? Um, and if that brings joy and, and, and uh, creativity and inspiration to folks who live in the city and who visit the city, then it's a, it's a success. And frankly, I think the underlying um, kind of purpose here is also to kind of reiterate that streets are for everyone and streets should be safe, uh, whether you're walking, biking in a car, getting off the bus. And as we revision and tweak what it means to, be, to move around Atlanta, um, thinking about streets in this way is, is a useful tool. All right, let's shift for a moment and talk about your idea for nightmare. You tweeted, quote, that this would this legislation to create a nightmare role in the mayor's office to work across silos, city departments, MARTA, arenas, residents, hotels, hospitals, bars, et cetera. Uh, take that a little further for our listeners. Yeah, I wish I could say it's an original idea of mine. It's, it's not. I mean, this is a, a model and a, a role that's been filled and established in a number of cities, started in Amsterdam in the early 2000s. New York City, Detroit, DC, Orlando, a number of American cities have like a, a night economy czar, a night czar, an office of nightlife. Uh, and the, the reality is, and the reason for this is that um, things at night are different than things during the day. But uh, I think how we think about the nighttime isn't as attentive as how we think about things during the daytime. So uh, the, the idea for this position, and this position would sit in the mayor's office, report to the mayor uh, as proposed, uh, would be someone who wakes up every day or stays up every night uh, working to solve nightlife problems. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily just bars and restaurants. It's mm -hmm. transportation. It's do workers at hotels and hospitals uh, have the support that they need. Um, is the nighttime working well for Atlanta, both for residents and for establishments and visitors? And are there opportunities to grow our nighttime economy? But this would not, you would not have to change the, the city's charter. You wouldn't have to adopt anything special through that. This would just be an appointee within the mayor's office, someone who is this kind of overseeing this night economy, this nightlife that you're talking about? Correct. So the legislation is proposed calls on the mayor to uh, set off a, a feasibility study. So we would we would study this for the next kind of three to six months um, to determine what it should look like in Atlanta, whether it's an office of two or three folks, whether it's one person. I, I suspect it doesn't need to be a standalone department. We don't need to kind of create undue bureaucracy, but um, figuring out what works best for Atlanta. We're going to spend time talking to folks in other cities. Uh, and do some deep thinking as a as a council on this. You mentioned Amsterdam, but are there other cities in the United States that have this type of position? Yeah, Washington D.C. has an office of nightlife and culture. New York City has an office of nightlife. Uh, Orlando has a a, a night economies are. Um, you know, it's not public safety is front and center. Obviously, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that folks can sleep through the night and not be disturbed by noise. That violent crime is curbed, but it also extends to things like are the streets well lit? Does um, does the transportation set up work that Orlando's nighttime economy manager introduced a pilot program, for example, that created two new rideshare hubs to streamline transit to get folks in and out from, mm -hmm. from their nightlife areas. Um, in Amsterdam, their nighttime czar looked at expanding hours of operations for, for clubs to 24 hours and gave out 10 trial venues to try it. So there's, there's all types of things that could uh, be problem solved, but uh, you know, public safety, livability, um, and access are, are going to be top of mind. I, I do want to talk about process for a moment, Council Member, because as you know, in a few weeks there's going to be an election, and you will you you didn't have an, a, uh, an opponent this time. Um, you're going to have some new Council Members. Could some of this legislation again? Would it be better to wait, or you know, I know it's business as usual. You can't stop 
doing business as an Atlanta City Council member. Uh, but do you think that maybe it would be in the best to, for some proposed legislation that you wait and see with the new council and the new administration? Well, yeah, this council and this mayor are here to do work. And so we're going to work. We can chew gum and run at the same time. And uh, when we get to 2022, uh, I still think the merits of these ideas, whether it's Streets Alive on Peachtree Street or the idea of a, a night economies are a nightmare, are, are valid and important and needed and would find similar support uh, with a new mayor and a new council. So I, it, it didn't factor into my thinking at all. I was like, let's, you know, I'm here to do work. And so I'm going to do work. What's the support or feedback been like for this, this, quote, night mayor role? And it's, it's not actually a mayor, but that's what you kind of use this individual as in terms of. So folks yeah, don't a, really think it's a mayor. Yeah, it's a catchy term. Our, yeah. our mayor is the executive. He or she will continue to be the executive. This is a role within it. That's why some places have a, they call them a nighttime economies are, nighttime nightlife manager, whatever it may be. Um, but I, I, I dropped the question somewhere in there. What was the, the question? No, what's the feedback been like from your fellow council members? I think the feedback has ranged from enthusiastic support to curious uh, open-mindedness about it. We had five or six other signatories to it. Uh, we'll need eight votes to pass. But um, this, again, is not establishing the position outright. It's to do a feasibility study for it. So we'll do some work sessions. We'll invite folks from other cities. Uh, and we'll explore what, what we need to do in Atlanta. You've been a part of election seasons before. Uh, anything unique and different about this one for you? Uh, look, I think they're all different. This is, I think what's unique about this one, given Mayor Bottom's decision not to run for election earlier this year, is it's frankly, it's, just, it's been a shorter campaign season, right? Usually this, this stretches for a year, year and a half. Yeah. And so this is a, a seven, eight month sprint at most. And so it's, it's compacted uh, the election cycle. I, I think Atlantans are still getting comfortable and learning about all the candidates. There's a lot of undecided folks. And so um, people are anxious to know what the future of the city looks like and the direction we're going. And now is our chance as, as residents to to vote for leadership that takes the city in direction that you think it should go. You stay out of endorsements and all of that. Yeah, I'm going to work with whoever gets elected. I, you know, my my hope is that whoever gets elected as mayor has a commitment to excellence that uh, Atlanta deserves. I mean, look, this is a competitive environment where uh, we are every day pitted against Miami and Nashville and Charlotte and Dallas and Denver and Birmingham and Greenville, and uh, they waste no time trying to come at us and, and, and not in a, a mean way, but mm -hmm. uh, we need to be thinking about this on a national and global scale. And that requires both ambition, but also focusing on the basics. And I think most Atlantans feel that tension. And uh, I'm hoping that this new wave of leadership as we get in 2022 um, ex exemplifies that and understands that. And next month, we're actually going to start a series looking at single-family zoning, the whole the issues, optics around that. As you go into a new administration, uh, Councilmember Faroki, we know from housing affordability, homelessness, you know, economic development in, in certain areas. You know, what do you think is going to be top priority for this, and obviously public safety, for the next administration? What are you hoping that they really, whomever it is, that they really come in and, and then start working on? I know there's, there's a lot out there. Yeah, obviously public safety is top of mind. I think that the quality of city services is top of mind. But, you know, I am, I've introduced three pieces of, of legislation focused on uh, incentivizing and allowing greater housing density in our city. And mm -hmm. how we manage our growth is front and center. The metro area grew by 15% over the last 10 years, but new housing only grew by 11%. The city of Atlanta grew by 19%, mm -hmm. almost, uh, almost 78,000 folks. 
Um, and frankly, uh, more people want to live here than we have housing. And, and this is a, a crisis that a lot of American cities are grappling with. But to solve it, we have to increase housing supply. And that requires growing as a city in ways we haven't grown before. And so I hope that the next mayor and the next council are willing to, to tackle some of these issues head on. And we're going to bring you all back as we get into this single family zoning issue. But I want to just real quickly, you said more people want to live here than we have housing. Or is it more people want to live here than we have affordable housing? Both. I mean, I, th I think one of the things you see is that whatever type of housing is being built at whatever price point, it's getting snatched up quickly. Uh, and we we have demand for housing at all price points. Do we have demand for affordable housing? Absolutely. Yes. Do we have an obligation to create incentives to build it? Absolutely. Does Atlanta housing need to be building more true low income affordable housing? Absolutely. Um, but you're going to get there not by uh, one acre, half acre lots. You're going to have to get there through uh, a lot more um, smaller units across the city. And so that's the thing we're going to have to to grapple with. And, and therein lies with. the rub. And that's what we're going to yeah. be tackling next month. And we'll bring you, we'll have a complete series on all of this. Atlanta City Council Member Amir Faroki, thank you so much for taking the time as always. Good conversation. We're going to bring you back. And I'm not anti-traffic on Peachtree Street. I already got an email. Thank you, Rose. Good to be with you. Go Braves. Speed LA. There you go. soundtrack music Aisha closer look continues in just a moment but hey I know you appreciate the quality program programming you hear on WABE and the conversations like the one we just had we have these all the time and yes we're asking you at this time to donate in case you don't know the show is closer look and I'm Rose Scott but look we ask for your donation because it helps pay for this program, helps pay for all the programs, all the conversations that you hear every day. And we can't do any of this without you. That's because we rely on the Atlanta community for 84 percent of our funding. I'm joined today by our vice president of business development and planning, the most remarkable Aisha Hyman. Aisha, no traffic on, well, no cars on or vehicles on Peachtree on a, for four hours. Maybe not bad. What do you think? I can't give my well, opinion. Know. Streets Alive is absolutely one of my favorite events here in Atlanta. I absolutely love it. So I, you know, I kind of like the idea of of having, you know, Streets Alive every weekend. I, I'm I'm down with that. I, I actually was picturing, you know, bands and entertainment. And, you know, when I'm downtown or I'm at Streets Alive, I go and, and support the local restaurant. So hopefully that would help, as, as um, Councilman uh, Faroki said, you know, hopefully that would help boost the economy uh, in Atlanta. So I'm, I'm down with it. All right. Well, you know what? Conversations like that. And a lot of times what Aisha just said, folks, folks will email me. They'll call me. They'll stop me at the park or if I'm buying lobster tail. They say, hey, Rose Scott, I have an idea. I have a suggestion. I have an opinion. This program really is about the community. And one of the easiest ways to give is by becoming a monthly donor, what we call a sustaining member. It's easy for you because you know your support is always constant. It's easy for us because we know we've got commitments from you, our listeners, to meet our financial obligations. So please just take a moment to give as generously as you can right now at wabe.org slash donate or 
pick up the phone. Give us a call. 678-553-9090. And as always, thank you. My name is Malka Shulman, and I live in Sandy Springs, Georgia. WABE was really contributing a lot to my life, and I I was already a sustainer. So, you know, I know that there are a lot of people who are out of work and who aren't able to give. And I really felt like if I can contribute more, then I will. So that's why I increased my monthly donation. Thank you so much, Malka, for paying it forward. We love hearing that. And I and, and while we have a moment, I want to just thank a couple more people. Joya in Atlanta relocated from Chicago and became a member of WABE. Listen to that. That's amazing. Tracy says she loves public radio. Diane and Cumming gave because she uh, wants to make sure that she supports her listening every day, but she gets that morning news and she wants to support programs like Closer Look. Rebecca and Alpharetta. Uh, it says that she's always given in October for more than 20 years. So be like Rebecca and Tracy and Joya and Diane and Malka. Make that contribution right now. 678-553-9090 is a number to do so. You can contribute on our website at wabe.org slash donate. We have thank you gifts that you can take advantage of. Rose, one of my all-time favorite thank you gifts from mm-hmm. WABE is that mug designed by India oh, Navarro. I love it. It is so cool. I love to be on my Zoom calls and like take a sip, even if I don't have anything in the cup. Because <laughs> I just, <laughs> just want to show off how fabulous and cool I am. I'm a sustainer and I want everybody to know. 678-553-9090 is the number or online at wabe.org slash donate. I gave my cup to Daniel, the producer. He, yeah, did you say thank you at all, Daniel? Yeah. You did? Okay, I'm just checking. Uh, tens of thousands of Atlanta listeners have decided to fund this station, and we appreciate that. You know what that does? It helps us amplify the voices of Atlanta, and the response we get is really important. You know, in a past fundraiser, you mentioned this, that our good friend, our glass of This American Life, once said the following, we wouldn't be asking for help if we didn't need the money. And you know what? He's right. Atlanta, we do need you, and beyond. Atlanta region and beyond. So please, help us. Give. Give what you can. Give if you can, because we've been in a pandemic, so I totally understand. WABE.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always, thank you. Now, Rose, I don't know if you can see this through the Zoom screen, but this is the neck fan that I ordered that you made so much fun of. It's such a, (laughs) it it didn't cost very much, but it is fabulous and it works for me. (laughs) Neck fan. (laughs) And, you know, speaking of things that don't cost very much, but can be so valuable in your life and make such a difference in your life, like my neck fan, most certainly WABE and Closer Look is one of those things. Remember, when you're thinking about giving to WABE, there is always an amount that's right for you. You get in where you fit in. Are you laughing at my neck fan? <laughs> yes. Don't laugh at my neck fan. It, you know, it, it only costs a few dollars. And just like WABE, you make that contribution $10 a month, $20 a month, or a one-time gift of $100, $1,000, whatever works for you. But it's going to pay off so greatly. We're just saying that sustaining monthly donations are best for us and hopefully it's best for you. Give what you can right now because the value is what matters. 678-553-9090 or online at wabe.org slash donate. We don't have neck fans yet with the WABE logo on them. Not yet, but we do have lots of really cool thank you gifts on our website. You look like one of those time life operators at 2 o'clock in the morning giving away (laughs) the best of the 60s. 
you know, I don't want to say too much. Fifteen CD set. This this neck fan comes in so handy, you wouldn't believe it's wonderful. And it only cost me a few dollars, just like WABE comes through for me 24-7. Absolutely. And we like to thank everyone who's already donated. Their support does more than just bring you the news you value. It also it allows us, again, we're going to use this word a lot, amplify the many voices of Atlanta. But right now, we do need to hear from you. It only takes a couple of minutes to make yourself heard. With your donation now at wabe.org slash donate or call 678-553-9090. And as always... We say thank you. And Closer Look continues. As you know, I'm Rose Scott. Time now to open the Closer Look Kids Vault. We're going to go back, way back to what 2019 this is about high meadow school now the school is located on over 40 acres of land up in roswell and was founded by jody holden jay dickerson mike drake and bill crawford in the early 70s the school gets its name from its location at one of the highest points in roswell well on a friday afternoon back in may of 2019 the entire closer look team we wanted to get out of the studio that was a one reason. And we wanted to know more about this school's approach to learning outside of the classroom through something called Forest Friday. So back then uh, we went, we were with kindergartners in first grade. So, you know, I was just beside myself and we went outside with the teachers, Rebecca Drage and Shannon Hosteller to learn all about what these kids were doing. Nature, cooking over a campfire, searching for turtles and crawfish. Oh, and to read in hammocks. Have you met Mother Nature? No. <laughs> Is she cool? Yes. Think she'll like me? Yes. Think she'll like my new uh, boots here? Yes. Think she's ready for Creek Stomping? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Can I get my shoes, my boots on? Yes, you can get your boots on. Telling stories and make believe all in our classrooms in the trees hammocks hanging in the sun forest friday is so much fun forest fridays forest fridays that's rebecca drage she teaches kindergarten and first grade at high meadow school in dunwoody the private k through eighth grade school sits within 40 acres of adjacent woods many creeks nature trails and of course lots of trees The school first opened in 1973. The song you heard is called Forest Fridays, and the students, along with the educators, they're the composers. I know what you're asking. What is Forest Fridays? There's only one way to find out. So Closer Look joined teachers Shannon Hosteller and Rebecca Drage. Um, I just remember when I was a child, this is exactly what I would spend all my time doing. I loved being outside, um, and I have such strong memories of what it meant to be playing in the creek and doing creek exploring, finding critters. Um, And those are the memories that stuck with me from education and growing up in classroom. So when I look back on those meaningful teachers, meaningful learning opportunities, things that really helped me grow, that's what I get the chance to do with these kids and give them that real world connection um, where they're doing so much learning and so much growing and they don't even realize it because it's just getting to be. And while it would be nice if all of the schools could have this setting. This is, you all have an advantage, so to speak, because you're a little school nestled in the woods. Um, you get to do something that a lot of educators would love to do with their kids, but don't have this opportunity. 
Yeah, they don't. And that's what Shannon and I are really passionate about, spreading this in other ways to other educators. Um, we're doing a workshop this summer, um, and we were just talking during our settle-in time planning, like how can we bring this in some capacity into other settings? Um, and we have a garden right outside of our classroom. It's small, and it's a pollinator butterfly garden. And this morning we were out collecting monarch butterfly um, caterpillars and looking for eggs, and we found spittle bugs. And that's something that in a three-foot container space you could you know, have so much learning opportunity. So that's what we're hoping to do um, because we do believe that this is what's best for kids um, and having those workshops just to inspire people to get outside, um, motivate teachers to think like, well, maybe I'll just put a butterfly bush on the porch or bring those caterpillars in. So there's a way to access it in any environment that you're in because the natural world is all around us. It's just about embracing it as the third teacher in the classroom. And this is Forest Fridays. One, Forest Friday sounds cool because of the Fs, but also it's Friday. Are you exhausted at the end of Forest Friday? I am totally exhausted, but reinvigorated. Um, every time I come out here, we have a general idea in mind of like, well, this is spring. We might see these kinds of things, or this could come up, or this could happen. Um, and we have ideas of where we could take the learning, but really we never even have to get to those learning opportunities, or not that we don't ever, um, but so much comes from these kids, and that's where that intrinsic motivation and love and drive comes from. Um, so when we're out here, we're learning from them. We're learning beside them. So we're exhausted but reinvigorated because new ideas and more inspiration comes every time we're out here. Well, I'm going to let you go because I see Leon and Davis are waiting on you. Am I holding y'all up? I, no. I found what, a new what, bug. What did you find? It was like a little thing that had like little... It was like little shields on the back, and it moved. Do you think it might be a dragonfly nymph? Remember, we've only found one of those. Yeah, can, can I show you? Yes, definitely. Rebecca, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> it's awesome having y'all. Thank you. We're trying this as much as we can. <laughs> no, don't walk into a branch. Tell me your name. Livia, Lula. How much fun is Forest Fridays? It's very, it's very fun. fun. <laughs> you get to get in the mud and the water, and your parents don't even mind. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care, do they? No. Mine does. But I still just does. Okay. How much fun do you have doing this? It is really a lot of fun. We have a great time on Fridays. We look forward to it for sure. We say that. Kids love it, but so do teachers. <laughs> and talk about the connection with learning and being out here in the forest. It's just such a natural connection and the, the meaningful connections that the kids make to nature makes it so much more valuable and their learning is, they remember things because it's meaningful to them and you know it may just be something as simple as doing you know math with sticks or doing you know measuring some how far um, a rock went from a slingshot but it's just so much more meaningful and it sticks longer but it's more meaningful to them too and when they, they can make those kind of connections those are the things that really make it valuable that we come out here. And when did Forest Friday start? We started um, about a year and a half ago in, it was February of um, 
not this year, but the last of the past. So it was about a year and a half ago. We started coming out every Friday and we've been doing it since then. Rain or shine for the most part. If it's super rainy, pouring down all day, then a lot of times we have a teepee that we can go in also. And sometimes we go in the teepee then. But we've done a lot of, there's a, um, we have a fire pit down here and we can do cooking. We incorporate all kinds of our curriculum, but we also let them have a lot of free exploration time because that's been really cool to see like how they've built the classroom community through that. And just, it's so, it's so fun and interesting to see them collaborate and build bridges. And it's kind of like what you were saying when you remember when you were little, you know, going out in the woods and getting dirty and kids just don't have as much opportunity to do that anymore. There's a lot more organized sports and a lot more organized play. So letting them have that free exploration time has been really cool and valuable too. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Rebecca. We know how much fun this is for the kids. How much fun is this for you as an educator? It's probably just as much, if not more, fun for us as educators. We look forward to Forest Fridays for sure. And how exhausted are you at the end of Forest Friday? <laughs> that is the other side of it it definitely can be exhausting by the time we hike back up because it's uphill on the way back up by the time we hike back up and get everyone up there we need to sit down for a minute and breathe ourselves thank you so much for inviting closer look out this was a lot of fun we were so glad to have you and we're glad you could come join in our forest friday front so there you have it closer look out in the woods hiking with the kindergarten and first grade of high middle school we had a great time Thank you all. We don't care about muddy knees, telling stories and make believe. I gotta tell you, Aisha, I had so much fun that that Friday with the kids. With the, they're probably old now. They were second, third grade, but they they had so much fun, and um, that's all part of what we do, and that's why we do what we do. We get to go out into the community, whether it's up in Roswell, whether it's over in East Lake whether it's East Point, you know, I think the furthest we've gone probably is, we ain't been too far, probably is, uh, Ham I think Hampton, Hampton, Georgia. Uh, but understand this, your support makes this possible. Your support, and I know we come to you twice a year and we ask you, hey, can you help us out? Because programs like Closer Look and City Lights and my man H. Johnson, you know, all of this is because you make it possible. And look, we know public radio stations like WABE, we follow a unique business model. It's based on trust, right? We know you value and trust what you get right here. So please give at WABE.org slash donate. And I'm joined by our Vice President of Business Development and Planning, Aisha Hyman. Well, Rose, I'm thrilled to be here. And I got to say, I think teachers are such a gift to humanity especially these past couple of years when they've been not only teaching our children remotely, but also homeschooling a lot of them, homeschooling their own children at the same time. I mean, my mm -hmm. goodness, how yeah. wonderful are they? And we wouldn't hear these stories about our teachers if not for programs like Closer Look and the great storytelling that Rose Scott and her team of producers uh, and researchers do. In order to bring that to us, we've got to help pay for it, right? And so that's what these pledge drives are for. We we take just a, a couple of weeks out of, out of the full year to ask you for your support. So that's what we're doing right now. We know that you really are a fan of Closer Look. You're listening to it right now, but there are so many programs here on WABE that really are 
relying on your support. So think about this. Morning edition, city lights, here and now, fresh air, all things considered. Wait, wait, don't tell me. H. Johnson's Jazz Classics. No matter what is your favorite or when you tune in, you always find something engaging, informative, and entertaining. And today we're asking for just a little, a little help from you in covering the costs and you can do that very easily quickly by going to our website at wabe.org slash donate or calling us at 678-553-9090 and we have so much gratitude for you when you make that contribution this is terry gross the host of fresh air during this time when misinformation and disinformation are confused with facts it's essential to have a reliable source of fact-based news and information W-A-B-E gives you all of that. Help us be here for you. If you can afford to make a donation, I urge you to do it. You can even do it now by going to wabe.org slash donate or by calling 678-553-9090. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. Yes, just as Terry was saying, she's coming up in just a moment. Fact-based news is so essential When you want to know what's going on around the world or right around the corner here in Atlanta, be honest. I know you appreciate and even rely on WABE. Why not show it and take a moment to donate? Maybe this is your first time ever giving to WABE. That's cool. You'll find it. it, It's really easy because you just head to WABE.org slash donate or the old fashioned way. Aisha, as you used to say, call 678-553-9090. We'll walk you through the process. We'll walk you through the process. And as always, we say thank you. You can actually walk over your contribution. I mean, we actually have people who walk over to 740 Bismarck Road Northeast right here in Atlanta off of Cheshire Bridge in Piedmont. They walk in with their checks and and I think maybe they just want a little extra uh, person to person human contact when they make their contribution. That's cool, too. We will receive your contribution in any way that you want to submit it. But know that monthly sustaining is absolutely the best way for you to support the station because it provides that steady stream of support that we know that we can count on. We know where we're going to get from you every month. 678-553-9090 is the number to call to sign up to become a sustainer or upgrade your sustaining gift on a monthly basis. And you can also do that on our website at wabe.org slash donate. You know, this fundraiser is going very well. We want to thank all the listeners from inside and Mm -hmm. outside the perimeter. Thank you so much, everyone. Uh, We're not there yet. Your donation is just as important as everyone's who's donated so far. You know what? No one shoulders all of this alone. So now we need you. Please do your part at WABE.org or, you know, 678-553-9090. That is it for this edition of Closer Look. Make sure you check us out at 7 p.m. and also online at WABE.org slash Closer Look. And, of course, you know, again, weeknights at 7. And we have a podcast. Yes, it's free wherever you subscribe. Before we say goodbye, I want to say good luck to Kevin Brinker, our engineer, because he's racing or doing something. This, this What you doing this weekend, Kevin? He's mountain bike racing, so go get him, Kevin. (laughs) Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. 
Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.